We read today from Paul's letter to the Ephesians, chapter 4, and reading from the first verse. You can find this on page 1175 of your Bibles. As a prisoner for the Lord, then, I urge you to live a life worthy of the calling you have received. Be completely humble and gentle. Be patient, bearing with one another in love. Make every effort to keep the unity of the Spirit through the bond of peace. There is one body and one Spirit, just as you were called to one hope when you were called. One Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of all, who is over all and through all and in all. But to each one of us, grace has been given as Christ appointed it. This is why it says, when he ascended on high, he took many captives and gave gifts to his people. What does he ascended mean, except that he also descended to the lower earthly regions? He who descended is the very one who ascended higher than all the heavens in order to fill the whole universe. So Christ himself gave the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the pastors and teachers to equip his people for works of service so that the body of Christ may be built up until we all reach unity in the faith and in the knowledge of the Son of God and become mature, attain of the fullness of Christ. Then we will no longer be infants tossed back and forth by the waves and blown here and there by every wind of teaching and by the cunning and craftiness of people in their deceitful scheming. Instead, speaking the truth in love, we will grow to become in every respect the mature body of him who is the head, that is, Christ. From him, the whole body, joined and held together by every supporting ligament, grows and builds itself up in love, as each part does its work. This is the word of the Lord. Let's pray. Jesus, you are our King. We do enthrone you. And we want to see more of your kingship expressed in our lives as individuals and as a body together. And Lord, we pray that you would train us more in living in unity. Thank you that you are with us. Thank you for the presence of your spirit. And we invite your spirit to speak to our hearts now. In your name. Amen. 
Well, it's lovely to be back in my home church again after two months away in Scotland. And lovely to see Susie again after two months away in Scotland. <laughs> it's, it's great to be back and lovely to be able to speak to you as well. And I've been working on, as Richard said earlier, the school of the word and the spirit. And as we're thinking of the, the theme of unity, uh, there really has been a, a great joy for us as staff of the, of the school in seeing the unity that there was amongst uh, this group. There are about 23 of us all together who uh, were meeting in the class today. And, well, you had grandmothers in their 60s and 20-year-old youngsters, as you might like to think of them. And so having unity between those sorts of people perhaps not so easy all the time, or think of perhaps someone from Iran and someone from the United States, enemies, supposedly, yet them in the class together, and unity, perhaps not so extreme in our minds, but people from Belgium and the Netherlands, Flemish-speaking Belgians, actually have been hurt quite a bit by people from the Netherlands, so you've got those people in class together. And what about people who are very spiritually minded and people who are very down-to-earth and practical? How do they work together? But what we've, what we've found, as Susie and I have been involved in these courses over the last six years, is that the Holy Spirit can do a wonderful thing in bringing these different people with different backgrounds, different experiences, potentially in some ways, even <laughs> enemies with hurts, and bring them together in unity. And there is a real joy in that unity over the six weeks. And, and it was commented on again this year by one of the white South Africans. We also had a coloured South African in the class, so another <laughs> uh, potential area for, for disunity. Yet God has done a marvellous thing with us as we've gathered together around his word, listening to his spirit to bring, make us a united body where we could all grow and that, so there weren't uh, any, sort of any conflicts dis between these very different people. So on the one hand, we see the joy of that unity. But on the other hand, there's a challenge to maintain unity. Because for six weeks of a school, that's a sort of set time frame. For six weeks, you can hold things together and be united, as it were. And perhaps things aren't, don't seem quite so important because any differences, because at the end of the six weeks, you know you'll be heading away. But for us as a staff team, it's much, been much more of a challenge over the years to maintain a unity together. There have been differences, and we're still in the process of, <laughs> of looking at the, some of those differences. And so, when it says in this passage, make every effort to keep the unity of the Spirit in the bond of peace, that's a reality for us as well. <laughs> it's not just simply a matter of, oh, we come together and everything is wonderful. No, there is something that we have to do to maintain unity. 
but as we come to, to, to look at this passage, I, I actually want to go a bit further back and have a recap of what the book of Ephesians has been about so far. Because Paul is very much someone who, who gives us things from God's perspective uh, and gives us the big picture. While he gives us a lot of details, yes, he gives us the broad, overarching picture. And especially in this book, Ephesians, we see the big picture of what God has been doing. And so he starts off by telling us that we have been given every spiritual blessing by our Heavenly Father through Jesus. In Christ, we have received every spiritual blessing. We are totally loved. We are totally blessed. Everything that was in the way between our relationship between God and us has been dealt with by Jesus. We are now in a place where God is longing to pour out every spiritual blessing upon us. And so that's where Paul starts. But then he carries on with a prayer, praying that the, the eyes of our heart would be enlightened so that we would understand more fully the wonderful things that God has given to us. First of all, so that we would know God, and that, but also not just knowing God uh, himself through the spirit of wisdom and revelation, but knowing the hope he has called us to, the inheritance that he has in the saints, and the power, too, that is available to us. And so he's setting, he's setting the scene through, through this prayer for understanding there's a whole different world out there. <laughs> there's the spiritual realm as well in which our lives are being impacted. And it's something we don't always see. We, we're not always seeing the fullness of the spiritual realm as we walk our e lives every day. And so Paul is praying for the Ephesians that, that they will be given the spirit of wisdom and revelation. He's praying that their, their eyes would be opened to see more and more of who God is and what he has done for us. And he carries on to then say, look, this is how you were. You were completely dead in your sins. But now, through Jesus, you have been made alive. Wonderful. But not just that, you've been raised up together with Jesus and seated with him in the heavenly realms. Wow. <laughs> Something that's, that's quite remarkable. And not only that, but the dividing wall of hostility between different groups of people has been destroyed. And so Paul uses the example that he was living with, the Jews and the Gentiles. The Jews with all their laws of cleanliness and uh, the way that they should live according to the centuries of practice. Them now having to join in churches with Gentiles who eat things that they consider totally impossible to eat or who have practices that they consider totally filthy, dirty. So how can you bring these two lots of people together? Well, Jesus has done it. He has destroyed the dividing wall of hostility between them, just as we could have 
coloured and white South Africans in our class on the school of the wooden spirits, the dividing wall of hostility torn down. And then Paul prays another prayer. I think he must be realising that, that all these things are, are actually quite difficult to grasp a hold of. <laughs> he needs to come back to prayer again. Saying, Father, you are our Father. May you, may you pour your Spirit into our hearts so that we may be strengthened in our inner being by him. So Jesus himself can live in our hearts by faith and we can really know the love of the Father. And so that's what Paul has been saying up to now. But in this passage, we, we see how he's calling them to live as a united body, being built together and growing up into fullness of who Christ is, of who Jesus is. And I love, the, I love this, this picture because this is actually us reflecting who God is. We sang earlier about God being tr Trinity, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And have you, I don't know if you've thought about their life together, what it must be like, because it's that life that they invite us to join in with. And I think the way that best describes it is actually the way the fruit that we see in our own lives when the Holy Spirit is at work. The fruit that he brings to us actually is a picture of the life that is always flowing between the Father, the Son, and the Spirit. A life of love and joy and peace. A love of patience and, sorry, a life of patience, kindness, and goodness. Faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. All these things that are part of the life of the Trinity together that he wants to impart to us as the body. We often think of the fruit of the Spirit about, am I showing the fruit of the Spirit? And yes, it's important that it is being, growing in our lives, but more important too that it's seen in the body as a whole. The fruit of the Spirit is our relationships together of love and joy and peace etc. And so we're to make every effort to keep the unity of the Spirit. It's something that we need to learn to do. And Paul says to be humble and gentle, to be patient, bearing with one another. It takes a bit of work. <laughs> And it takes the right sort of attitudes to be humble and patient. And then he goes on to give a nice little list of characters, the apostles and the prophets and the evangelists and the pastors and the teachers, who were all being given to the church to build the church up. But if you think about these different people, with their different roles, they all have different values, they all think different things are important, so there's plenty of room for disagreement there as well, isn't there? <laughs> I've worked for a long time with someone who is a completely focused evangelist. And so I've got much broader perspective of, of things, but his focus is very narrow evangelism. And so there's plenty of scope for this 
friend of mine, Richard, and myself, to have disagreements because we see things differently. Different things are important to us. But we have to work at being humble and gentle, being patient and bearing with one another. And we've managed to work in unity for well over 20 years now. (laughs) It's possible. (laughs) Not necessarily easy all the time, but it's possible. Because we're supposed to be different. We're not all supposed to be the same. We're supposed to have different things that each of us thinks is important. Because God has called us to have different ministries. Yet through that, we need to learn how to, in our differences, disagree well. Not let disagreements cause us to fall out, cause us to fall into enmity. But actually be humble and listen to the other person and their point of view. And come to try to understand where, where they are coming from. What is important to them. And then, going back to the big picture that Paul has been talking about earlier. Why is all this important to God? If I have my friend Richard as an evangelist, and I disagree with him about something, but I listen to him and try to hear his perspective, I'm not just listening to him, I'm listening to part of God's heart. Because God is, has a heart for evangelism. God has a heart for the lost. And so as Paul has prayed these prayers, that the eyes of our heart would be enlightened, that we would have the spirit of revelation, that we would really know truly the wonderful love of our Heavenly Father for us. This too is a, is a key to living in unity together, is actually seeing things from God's perspective, having our spiritual eyes enlightened. So we see his work in bringing the body together. So we see his work in giving different gifts to different people. And as I look around the room here, some of you I know, some of you I don't know so well. But what I do know is that each one of you has been given gifts by God that we as a body need. Each one of us is a blessing to the body. And learning to see each other from God's perspective that the eyes of our hearts enlightened by him to see the united body, to see all the different gifts that we need to work together. That's my prayer, that we would see that more and more. I just want to pray pray that again. (laughs) The Heavenly Father, thank you that you are the one who's created a body and that you have given us all different gifts. And you value each one of these gifts. And I pray that each of us would start to see more and more through your eyes the gifts that you have given to each other and that we would value them. That we would make every effort to keep united together with attitudes of humility and patience 
that we would bear with one another in love. But Lord, we invite you to continue your work of building us to a united body where Jesus truly is seen, where Jesus truly is seen as King. Thank you, Lord. Amen.